hi everybody i feel like an idiot and that's exactly what this podcast is all about <laughs> us being idiots and thinking we know and something. saying the quiet part out loud because the quiet part in my head is i'm an idiot <laughs> and I, I feel so stupid and you're gonna and see that is anybody listening it. and does anybody care and does anyone think we're interesting <laughs> i love you stay with us please <laughs> Bye, Eric. <laughs> oh my I gosh. I think that cinches it. That's Honestly, cool. that's, that's pretty much like... <laughs> Hello there. You have no idea how weird it is to figure out what to say at the beginning of a podcast that currently has no listeners. And I have to somehow greet the unknown audience that's probably not even there. But if you're there, please stick around. Kick your feet back. Have a little listen. Don't leave us, please. <laughs> we're, we're borderline desperate. <laughs> and um, anyways, you know, this is what the podcast's all about. Just honesty. Uh, we had a lot of fun recording this, and I realized the whole time as we were recording, we never once really introduced ourselves. So I wanted to take a little time to do that before we dive into our conversation. And my name is Danae. I love talking about God, life, all the confusing things that we face. And uh, my friend, Cicely, who you will hear from momentarily, is particularly gifted at pinpointing these thoughts that I think everyone experiences but doesn't consciously think about. Sometimes we don't like take time to think about something that we've faced or felt or you know and just dissect it and talk about it so like as i met cicely over the years we've had just so many late night talks about these different topics and i've so enjoyed kind of dissecting it as we're both verbal processors and i think a lot of people are anyway with all that out of the way let's just dive in You know, I think we had pretty similar childhoods and similar imaginations. And you know when you make a dance with your friend? Did you ever make a dance? Yeah. Okay. This feels like that. Like, yeah, I yeah. feel like I'm like What's the making next a play or choreographing a dance right now. Like, I feel like a kid in some ways because yeah. I'm like, I don't know, putting on like a production in my head. Like, it's it's silly. Yeah. But like a little kid right now i feel like we should like be having a sleepover <laughs> you know because <laughs> like i don't know it doesn't feel like things adults do but i guess there's a lot of podcasts out there so it's true and like we are entering one drop into the sea of the massive podcast industry okay i am super excited to see where this goes because i don't think either of us really know how this is gonna go so the first thing that we were thinking about was brought up when you sent me your quote from your feminine, not feminist Instagram page. And this was like huge because we've had this conversation to start this thing like ages ago. So I've had a lot of time before we even tackled it to think about this topic of being misunderstood. Um, so the quote, I guess I'm just going to read that like first little part yeah. because there's a lot to it, but <clears throat> This lady, Annalise, Annalise, mm -hmm. is that her name? states, I hate being misunderstood. My temptation is to explain myself until I'm blue in the face. And that 
really hit me because I don't think I labeled that insecurity in my life as uh, insecurity or fear of like being misunderstood. Yeah. But then having this time to think, I was like, this so rules my life in so many aspects. I think I think it's a struggle of a certain personality type too, because you know what's weird. I I feel weird bringing things up that we've already talked about. So, but I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> We're the same personality type. Yeah. So when I sent that to you, I was like, obviously she probably struggles with this too, because it's the like analytical type that you know really cares about how they say things and. And I think that personality type, their worst fear is caring so much about how they said something and then someone possibly not getting it, mm-hmm. you know, still not understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was jotting down some ideas, the thing that came to mind was um, how have I often felt misunderstood? And there's been like a few things that seem to always reign true, like no matter what. So think about yours. I don't know if. Like if a you specific could off the example. Top of your head. So, yeah, a specific example. This is hard. It's because again, I'm gonna go into the way I process, and maybe someone else is like me as well. I think essentially, I actually tailor my responses and behavior to avoid being misunderstood, which is where I yeah, see I this so prominent in my life, and because of that. Like, in most cases, if it doesn't have anything to do with, like, some really serious convictions I hold, you know, mm-hmm. if it's just kind of day-to-day stuff of, like, fitting in, especially back in, like, junior high days, I would say I played it so safe that I pretty much successfully avoided feeling like I was ever drastically misunderstood. What I will say is, like, I... You know, years later, and this is really growing up in a small town, you probably won't deal with this if you're like in a big city as much, but I would run into people who I knew back in school uh, in the days where I kind of was very misfit, highly, highly insecure, and I just, I never fit in with like the main crowd, right? Mm. And I felt that running into some of these same people years later, they still cemented me yeah in that phase you, yeah. of my life and so in in that sense I do feel that was a version of being misunderstood yeah. but more one that frustrated me rather than like angered me mm-hmm. whereas I would say the classic thing that first pops in your head in regards to being misunderstood would be that you say something and someone is like I disagree or yeah. just like doesn't see your point of view yeah that that makes me angry (laughs) and that's something more that i'm trying to especially navigate now it makes you angry when people disagree with something you've said or overall when you were younger no it okay so i have to flesh this out a little bit in my own head because yes i have like a an anger response which i realize a lot of time like anger is just expressed in sort of like an emotional energy that comes out where i have to think maybe the actual root of it is not so much anger but it's honestly fear And there was, oh, actually, the one thing I wrote down was kind of a thought that uh, impacted me when I was listening to some interview of a a psychologist. Actually, he was talking about the predictions for divorce. He said, the thing, in terms of the argument, the thing is never the thing. 
the reason we get so up in arms during arguments with your spouse is because you feel disconnected. Mm-hmm. And this totally applies to like any relationship. And I'm realizing the thing is not the thing. So like when I disagree or when someone disagrees more so with what I'm saying, when I feel like it's perfectly reasonable and every perfectly reasonable person should agree with exactly what I'm right. saying and thinking, I feel angry because it's this fear of not being validated by someone's agreement. It's this fear of not being accepted, which I'd say is the exact reason I acted the way I did back in junior high years Mm -hmm. to try and be accepted, which I never felt I was. Um, And in a lot of ways, that was a blessing. But I think it's that same thing that sort of crops up. Yeah. Mine was always uh, thinking that I'm not smart, that people will think I'm not smart. Yeah. If they disagree with something I've said. Yeah. It's funny because sometimes I'll walk away from a conversation and I'll be like, oh my gosh, they thought like silly things like, well, they think that like, I'm a Christian. And then I'll think about like, I am a Christian. (laughs) What do you mean? Like, I think I don't want them to assume things about me that are even true. And like, I'm even If you think it's a negative stereotype. If it's something that they think negatively about. Okay. Right. So... Yeah, I'll walk away from some conversations being like, oh, no. You know, they think I'm Christian. They think I have really um, strong views. You know, sometimes I'll walk away from a conversation and I'll be like, wow, they think I'm, like, really strong in my values and and what I believe. Oh, no. Oh, that's a good thing. That's fine. You know? Because I have this people-pleasing thing in me where, like, I kind of want them to feel like I'm like them. And it's okay that I'm not. Like... I don't know. I think for so many years I would adjust to people and it's a bit of my personality too. Like I just find it easy to get along with a lot of different types of people, but I would lose myself in that. And when something would sneak out, that was very much me, like the way I was raised, the things that I'm proud of, I would look at it and be like, oh no, I'm not like them. And they know that, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's just the worst because it's okay to be yourself. You know, that's something that I really saw in this post about misunderstanding. Isn't it weird that we all kind of have, like, I think most people have this idea that everyone except them is like each other. Yeah. Like, you're the one. I still fully believe that. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Like, you're the one that is totally different. Mm -hmm. You're the one that's the complete outsider, and somehow everyone else has life and being accepted figured out except for you. Like, that's that's so where this comes from, I think. Like, that's a really big summation of the lie, which is bizarre. I feel like whenever I walk into a social situation, immediately I'm the odd person out. And I don't think it's true. It can't be. It's not possible. But, you know, I'll meet a group of people for the first time. And we're all meeting for the first time. And I'll be like, of course they get along. They're similar, you know? Yeah. And I don't think I feel similar to anybody. I don't really feel like anybody's my group of people. Like, I could walk in and be like, where is my social group? Yeah. And I just don't feel like I fit in anywhere. But we've talked about that. But, like... Okay, so I want to ask then, what is the thing that makes you feel you don't fit in? Like, what is the big thing that you feel separates you from the average social group you just walk into? I don't know. I can't figure it out because I've tried to figure it out. (laughs) I've, like, walked away from things and been like, what is it? 
Well, here, I wrote down misunderstandings. Maybe those will. Yeah. Well, one of them is definitely, like, banter, if that's the right word. Mm -hmm. That I'll go into a situation and it seems like conversation flows so easily with other people. And I feel like I have to create it. Like. Right. Yeah, like, you you feel like, okay, because I've had this sensation where I walk into a conversation or if I contribute to a conversation, yeah. it stops after whatever I say is said. Yeah. Or it, <laughs> it like, very, like, that. changes directions a lot. Mm -hmm. And then you're the one keeping it going in, like, your style. Like, okay, for me, for instance, I love asking questions. I mm -hmm. love getting to know people and, mm -hmm. like, getting to know how they function. And, you know, as soon as I enter a conversation with people, especially if they know me, they know that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask them, like tell me about your day. I want to know what's going on with you. And the banter stops. I don't know. I don't, I don't get why it happens, but I always feel really misplaced and like, I guess not cool. Maybe that's another way. Yeah. Like people just have this way of talking to each other. Like, do you agree? Am I way off that, that this happens? Cause I... in my world it does. Yes. Well, <laughs> okay. So the one thing I'd say different with like your circumstance, um, because your personality is very much asking really good questions. And you've expressed to me before that you find people will use it as a crutch yeah. to let you lead conversations. Yeah. Whereas I feel I don't have that gift as much. Hmm. I can throw out stupid small talk, but I'm not really good at like, I don't know. Right. Long, witty banter that a lot of people are. So I, I would say my experience of that same sensation where you feel kind of like the one person who's not good at I don't know facilitating a normal conversation yeah. that everyone seems to magically be good at is more I don't find the topics that a lot of people talk about very, very interesting. interesting yeah and so that that part's hard but also okay so this is one thing I wish I was like more and I'm not and contributes to a bit of this too some people, like, I know people who are just brilliant storytellers, and I can be at the exact same event as this other person. And this has happened before, too, with, like, a childhood friend who she's just so gifted at telling stories, and it's right. hilarious, and people love to listen. And I was at the same thing that happened, and it was like when she told the story... It was like it was a completely different event. Yeah. Like, like I witnessed zero anomalies right. of whatever that happened. It was yeah. like a completely innocuous, right. <laughs> normal event. And um, and for some reason, she saw just like the the most theatrical version of things through it. And uh, and I can't do that because mm -hmm. I have this like to a fault almost. This inability... No, that sounds wrong. I was going to say this inability to lie. I mean, like, inability to lie is, like... Embellish. A good thing. Embellish. Yeah. Because to me, it feels false. Right. I feel really stupid if what I'm saying isn't to line up. If someone were to magically see the memory in my head, and after I had told the story, and they'd be like, oh, that's what happened? Like... I have this weird inner voice. Right. It's like, you have to tell it exactly as it is. Black and white. <laughs> Not Or you're a liar. Funny. I know. But I love when people are so good at, like, telling these stories, but... So I, I find that, where I'm just, like, not really good at engaging people in that way. 
But sometimes something will happen where I genuinely feel like it was hilarious and then and then it's great. Then I find it really easy right. to tell that story. But like if it's not, it has to like authentically be an insane moment for me right. to actually tell a good story. Yeah. In my head. Yeah, see it yeah, it definitely is a little different for me because I feel like I can continue conversation. And like I f- I can get into that fairly easily. It just feels like I don't know, just this block of like I'll never be like them. Yeah. And what if like they're going to know that I'm just not like them. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I remember when I went to school for one year. There was this time when I was like trying to kind of find where I fit. And I was being, like, introduced to different groups of friends. Mm -hmm. And I think they were trying to test out where I fit, too, right? So, like, my one friend would bring me to hang out with, like, the group that did a lot of sports. And I was like, "Mm -mm, I do not. I know I'm tall. No, I don't do sports. But I look like I should be able to. I can't. Yeah. Um, And then I'd go hang out with, like, the drama kids. And that was probably, like, the best fit, but still, it I don't know. Yeah, just no group really worked out. I mean, obviously, I, I like, I found friends, but it was more yeah. just, like, specific people that I liked from different groups. I didn't really, like, find people that I fit with. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, when I was thinking about being mis- misunderstood, I think there's a few things that, like, like I brought, I wrote them down and they're probably more the root of why I feel like I can't fit in. You mm-hmm. know, it's not ju- just this like overarching feeling. Mm-hmm. It's um, little things about me that I kind of repeatedly feel like people get wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we were talking about how I ask lots of questions. Sometimes I've noticed this isn't really to do with like um, fitting in, but it is something that I kind of feel repeatedly misunderstood about. Mm-hmm. Um, I am super interested in getting to know people and I really like genuinely do find it fascinating. It's not just like, oh, to fill, fill space in a conversation or anything like that. Like I, I find people very interesting and sometimes I think people assume that I am seeking out their wisdom. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, so I'll be like, so what do you think of this situation that happened? And if I do that enough, because honestly, I just want the conversation. I want, like, yeah. our worldviews to be talked about. And, you know, it usually can expand to something pretty interesting. Yeah. But I've found repeatedly that people, yeah, think that I'm seeking out their opinion mm-hmm. on my life matters. And it always frustrates me when something gets to that point because I'm just like, no, I just want to talk. Like, I yeah. just want to have a friendship with somebody where we can go back and forth. Like, I can yeah, talk like about my not, thing. Yeah, like, it changes into, there's a lack of reciprocity because they think yeah. they're, like, mentoring you. <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. Well, not, I don't know. A lot is a silly word because I'm probably just thinking of those instances right now. But, yeah, um, yeah. so sometimes I really have to consciously be like, don't ask them their opinion. Like, <laughs> please stop asking opinions because they'll think that I need it. Not that I want it, but that I, like, need their wisdom to figure my life out and like something I do know about myself is I'm actually pretty sure of what I want to do in my life like I know what I believe I don't think I waver very often from what I believe Mm -hmm. so me asking for those opinions are never because I need them I'm not like oh you know so much more than me please tell me it's usually like 
no, if I hear someone else's opinion, maybe it'll make mine stronger because I'm thinking about the other side of things, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's one. You know, just to say something to that, because like, I think the reason that that happens, because I I like that too, like I really like asking people what they think and I would label myself predominantly as a listener more than a talker. I mean, if we're on a topic like that I love, I can go on and on, but um, that doesn't happen to me as much. And I think part mm. of it is because at least if we're talking something that I am curious about, I'll interject mm. more than I think you do. Right. And so I think you have, you have a listening gift to a degree that you actually just let people go on and on right. without interjecting your opinion. And then you right. continue to ask more. Right. And so <laughs> yeah. I think that's, if they get the impression because, the, you know, you don't want to counter that with people, yeah. really. Like, because yeah. everyone likes to talk and insert their opinion. So I think as soon as you're given such a large platform... Right. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to take it. They must want to know everything I <laughs> yeah. think. And, they must, and you know yeah. what I do. That's what's tricky is, like, I love listening <laughs> to good. what people think. Yeah. I just don't like it when it switches to, like, let me tell you what I think. You're just like... Yeah. I know. I want to <laughs> do what I want to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, that's always been one where I'm like, okay, pull back because I know I want to hear it. I want to hear every opinion, but maybe don't act like you want to hear every opinion. Because <laughs> act cool. Yeah, like you don't please. need to hear Chill this. Out. <laughs> You'll let them talk. <laughs> oh. um, okay, and then another one. When I was pregnant with Wells, my first. I went to the doctor and I had all sorts of questions and I was genuinely curious. Again, I was just like, I want to know how this works. I want to know how this works. And, yep. you know, there was a doctor that delivered babies right in front of me. I should ask her. Mm-hmm. And I went and she looked so concerned for me. She was like, oh my gosh, I need to help this girl. <laughs> she <laughs> doesn't know anything. She doesn't know anything. <laughs> she's so nervous. I think that was her takeaway that like, yeah. she's terrified to have a baby. Yeah. So... She, you know, was like, it's okay, don't worry, like, is there anything else you need to ask? I really don't want you to be anxious about this. And I was like, oh, I'm not, no, I'm not anxious about this. I just want, I'm just curious. And she was like, okay. Like, I think that's (laughs) a really strange thing for people to encounter, that someone's just like, and the things I really care about are emotional things. Yeah. So people would assume like, oh, she must be feeling really emotional. Yeah. And that's why she's asking me about my emotional opinion on this. When, like, no, I just find it so interesting. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then Eric and I were talking about this last night. Being humble and coming off as insecure. I feel like that often happens to me, too. That, like, okay. I'll say, you know, someone will compliment something and I'll be like, oh, you know, I I didn't really have much to do with it. Like, I'll just be very frank and honest if... Yeah. If Eric helped with, you know, baking something, I'll be like, oh, well, Eric did a lot of it, too. And yeah, I think people assume that it means I'm insecure about my abilities. Maybe I am. I don't know. Got to think on that. Because <laughs> yeah. maybe I really am insecure about This has to be a universal fear for everyone because it really does at the core, like everything we've talked about has a huge root of just like we kind of equate it to not being accepted like being misunderstood Mm -hmm. is kind of being seen as an outsider and uh someone who's not 
seal of approval worthy for the common crowd, right? That we're right. always trying to fit in. So, like, it's very identity-driven, and uh, which is the reason that, like, most everyone probably struggles with it, unless you're a sociopath and you literally don't care, which mm-hmm. would be a blessing in some way. Yeah. <laughs> a curse in a lot of others. I would like that. Yeah. So, with that being said, though, because one of the things I have to ask myself, especially from retrospect of looking at what was allowed to happen in my life from a perspective of how the Lord used it in my life is would you wish it away? If you could choose to go back and magically be able to fit in crowds, would you take that or would you keep Hmm. the ostracization, so to speak? Well, what do you think? Would you? Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't change it. Like, I, I can't say that I sometimes you know, wouldn't wish that I would be more entertaining in certain conversations or know more about a wide range of subjects that would make me more popular in groups of people. Yeah. Like, I think that's, it has to be a bit of a universal desire to be like, oh yeah, that'd be so sweet to, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, just be kind of part of things more in some ways. But like, when I think about what it ultimately meant for me, being alone and having like a lot of years of loneliness and seeing what that did for me, I truly wouldn't wish it away. And I see so much of what came of my life and my faith because of it. And I wouldn't want to change that. But there is the human desire that, and I I think there kind of always will be like, you know, on this side of eternity, like we do long to belong, right? We just, we have that in us and it's like a, it's a God-instilled thing. We want to belong because he has designed us to belong to his family. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's not <laughs> the common uh, group, so to speak. You know, that's and, that, and that's what we want. We want what's kind of like in front of our eyes and what's here because that's sort of a more immediate gratification of that desire of belonging. But like the kind of belonging that's going to long-term satisfy... It's something that's a lot harder to, I guess, like, wrestle with mm-hmm. in our life, you know? Mm-hmm. And understand that we have an identity that comes not from other people. And that's why this is such a huge battle is because this is totally, we want an identity to be uh, validated. Is yeah. that? And I still, I really do have that. Like, some things I have to really wrestle with. I mean, even doing a podcast, right? Like, both you and I, I'm sure, would have had the thoughts of, like, I hope that other people listen to this. And I hope yeah, totally. that this would have some sort of, like, people be like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of yeah. interesting. You yeah. know? And I and I have to kind of, like, challenge myself with that of what if nothing came of it but just that we had fun. Yeah. And actually, I think that's awesome. And I, and I can truly honestly say that I'm happy with that. But I just kind of wrestle with those desires because I don't really want to get caught up in that when I know that that's such a changing tide. I think yeah. if any weight we have is put on what other people think what other people say is right we're going to constantly have inner turmoil like forever well and like you know this is why i love this topic to start because the whole point of this podcast for me is to be okay with what comes out of my mouth (laughs) like really to just be like i said that i can't take it back if it's bad enough i'll try to clarify but like maybe people will accept me for me and if they don't that's okay I really think even just recording it 
and not even putting it anywhere, like just this step mm-hmm. will help me be like, no, this is who you are. Sometimes you say things wrong. Sometimes your thoughts don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes people aren't going to get you like that's OK, because really, like as you were saying, the only being that should care is God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've got to be OK with myself. So, yeah, the whole misunderstanding thing, it shouldn't matter what anybody else thinks. You've just got to be confident in who you are. And if you're lucky, you'll find a few people that will understand you. And those moments only mean so much because you've been misunderstood in your life. So Mm -hmm. when you answer that question of, like, would I go back and, and fit in all the time? I totally wouldn't because... I'm unique, just like everybody, you know, like there's Mm -hmm. something about me that some people aren't going to get and some people are going to get it. And it feels so good when someone finally gets it, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't think it would feel so good if everybody understood me, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have these wonderful moments of like, wow, I've found somebody I really like. And like, we can talk about all of these things. It wouldn't feel so good if I could do that with everybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to go through some moments in my life of being misunderstood, you know? Mm. I think I'm learning at this point in my life to just find people that you don't have to try so hard to be understood by. Mm. Does that make sense? You know, yeah. like just focus on what what is good. Like focus on the times that you just feel like yourself and um, be around those people more. What about you? Yeah, the thing that has allowed me to come to terms with it more is to know that I'm not a mistake, mm-hmm. you know? Because I think that that was a big thing for me is uh, I constantly felt like the one mistake. And I could see, and I was actually very comfortable with other people who weren't accepted as well. Mm. I can see people who aren't accepted. And, you know, it is interesting. We can identify that, you know? We can mm-hmm. identify the people who are... Um, I guess in the social hierarchy, right? Up to the top. Yeah. And uh, we see people down below. And I was always comfortable with seeing someone who was kind of in the same uh, realm as I was with not really being sought out. And um, for years and years, it plagued me so hard because I honestly had such an incredibly distorted view of who I was. And, and I keep referring to the past because I'm really referring to that time in my life around junior high was was when it was really peaking. Um, and I think that's kind of when kids, I don't know, it seems to go younger and younger lately, but like when kids start to sort of come into the self-awareness all mm-hmm. of a sudden in terms of realizing that some kids are so-called better, right? you know, deemed yeah. better by peers than others. And you wrestle with that and you try to find your place. And so for so long, that lie had me so wrapped up in itself that I honestly don't know who I was back then. And I and I can say as much as God has brought a lot of healing to me in that area, I still don't really know who I was back mm-hmm. then. Like when I think of it retrospectively, like I, I see myself. And, and I think a large part of this is honestly true, which is why I see myself this way. I just don't know how extreme it was. But as a very, like, dark, brooding, bland personality back mm. then. And I've lost 
the honest truth to what it was like in memories. It's like, it's like I can't picture myself when I think hmm. back in memories of how I was. Wait, did you... Were you that way because you were scared of being yourself? Uh, I would say I was myself, so to speak, and got rejected for it. Hmm. And then realized... So what do you think about you got rejected? Well, I wasn't interested in the same things that a lot of people were. I just kind of thought it was stupid. Okay. <laughs> like, like, there was a lot of pettiness, and I and, and I uh, was petty, too. Um, just about different things. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's hard to go into a lot of details because I feel that I struggled with just different things than, than my friends, and so it's hard to go into details and try to put them down for what they struggled with when I was yeah. struggling just with other things. Yeah. But, you know, I think some things were kind of cruel, and I just didn't like really valuing people on such petty... For petty reasons? Yeah. Or for how they looked, and I could never really measure up to that, or... I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff that I just kind of felt uncomfortable with in terms of how we sort of graded each other on who was good and who wasn't. Right. You know, and and honestly, like, every kid... I don't think my experience was rare. I, I think that that's kind of like a big phase on kids trying to figure themselves out and, you know, most people I can look back have matured greatly since that time onwards, but problems kind of just sort of shift themselves sometimes as we're adults. We kind of struggle with the same stuff still, but, you know, it just kind of masks yeah. itself better. But so, yeah, I really like just seriously didn't know who I was because I, I honestly was convinced there was something wrong with me. And it wasn't until college where I realized I actually was capable of having friends. <laughs> like, you know, and I did have, I did have friends still growing up, but like, I, it was just almost like statistically I realized I was fitting in enough to know there wasn't actually something socially wrong with me. Hmm. And even, even if there was, because I don't want to identify that as being, there's actually something wrong with you. Some people struggle socially, but God just really, I think, used that as a mercy. Like, allowing me to have more and more friendships outside of high school, like junior high. High school is a bit better, but junior high in particular, which was rough. Um, having more friends after that was kind of like, and he, like, the Lord didn't have to do this. It was just a very kind mercy, but it was sort of showing me on my level, hey, there's not something wrong with you. Even if you thought there was, hmm. you're not a mistake. Like, And that's the only thing that's been able to bring healing because it's a truth outside of what other people think. Hmm. How else do we find peace? Because uh, what other people think changes day to day. Yeah. Like that it's always going to be a storm. It's always going to be crazy. And I just remember that story, like that book, You Are Special by Max Lucado. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love it. Like the first time I remember seeing that for the first time as a kid, and I was really young because I totally felt like that. I felt like the the little wooden wimmick who couldn't do crap. Yeah, like just like felt like I had no. And and people, when I say this, people are like, "That's crazy!" Like you can draw. I used to be able to draw, not so much now. Draw and do all this other stuff, and you had talent and. I just seriously didn't feel like I did. Like, mm. I had some confidence in the drawing part the, at the time. But I just felt like I had nothing to offer. And if I tried to offer something, it just wouldn't work out. Mm. And even I couldn't even enjoy what I was good at because it was so torn down by that that voice in your head that's mm. telling you, just feeding you with lies, you know? Yeah. And um, 
And so it took me quite a while. I guess I just have this really self distortion that seriously does still kind of pollute my past memories of myself. Yeah. And and God might bring more healing to that later in life, but I totally felt like that wooden wimmick who just couldn't do anything and would just get all the black dot stickers while everyone was getting the stars and but the you know, the one that he noticed later that had no stickers at all was like, Well, you have to hang out with the carpenter and Eli and you know, he's the one who made you and and it's interesting because those people like, the ones with no stickers, so to speak, where nothing bothers them. Like, yeah. people's opinions, whether it be praise or Well, criticism. I don't think that's true, but it came off that way, right? To like, you. Of nothing bothering? nothing bothers them? Yeah, well, but there are some people who are more like that. Not right. to say that nothing ever bothers them. Right. But we notice that. Right. And we notice people who live confidently in who they are. And, and maybe they are also... You know, having their own things, yeah, yeah. But like, maybe they are also socially acceptable. So we just think, oh, they have the confidence because they're socially acceptable or like you know popular right. or whatever. But that might not be true. Yeah, I've seen other people who kind of live in a world unto themselves, <laughs> and just are not phased at yeah. all by what other people think. And I, that's a great gift. Yeah, it's a super great gift. But I think that's the area that like the Lord brought a ton of healing for me was just to know that I am not a mistake, and I still wrestle with those thoughts. Mm. Like, a lot, hmm. you know, because that I think that's just part of life. That's spiritual warfare. Like the enemy is going to constantly feed you something to sort of put you back in the past. Everything that's been dealt with, you yeah. know, when God calls you His child, and so that's what I would say about that. I still have a long ways to go, but like my goodness, the world all of a sudden had color to me again. Yeah, like I can honestly say it was like living a different life when that confidence. To know I was loved and accepted. Right. Regardless of being loved and accepted by people. Right. Or evaluating how many friends I had or didn't have mm-hmm. and making conclusions based on that. Yeah. But it's hard. It's really hard. And I feel for people who have been rejected worse than I have. Because yeah. there's tons. It's a really, really tough thing to deal with. I always felt like... <laughs> I really don't want to tell this story, but it really it's a, it's a good one. Because it's so weird. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I know. We might have to cut it out because I probably don't want people to know this because it's really weird. But I've always felt misunderstood in or not accepted in, um, I think, a different way of like, like I, I felt like I could, well, there was a certain time in life where I was very, very shy and I couldn't make any friends. Um, like, you know, the type of shy where people were talking about you in front of you because they thought you were mute. Like okay. yeah, yeah. that amount. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Everyone's yeah. witnessed a person that's that quiet and everyone's just like talking about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was that person and it was bizarre. It was really strange. But, you know, over the years, I talked a little bit more and yeah, I, I felt like I did make friends easily. But amidst my groups of friends, I I always felt like, hmm, not liked for who I am. And okay, so I'm going to bring up this story and we're going to probably have to cut it out. But (laughs) when I was going to Mount Royal, it was the first year of being married, um... (laughs) 
<laughs> so I was working and going to Mount Royal. So I would go to school in the morning and then go to work at night. Um, and I'd like quickly go home to eat in between. Anyway, for some reason that year, we were making chicken strips all the time mm-hmm. in the deep fryer. And um, we had just made chicken strips the night before. So I hadn't eaten anything before I go to school in the morning. I grabbed some chicken strips, shoved them in my jacket pocket, and I am Napoleon, basically. <laughs> I was <gonna> say, <laughs> like, it was give so me some of your bad. <laughs> it was Napoleon. I drove there pulling a chicken strip out of my pocket, eating it <laughs> while I'm driving to the school, and then get out of my car, walk all the way through the school, pulling chicken strips out of my... I'm sure I was, like, a little careful, you know, like, walking yeah. through busy hallways. I'm sure I didn't, like, shove a chicken strip in my mouth <laughs> at that time, but I was just... I was just doing it. And then afterwards, I realized what I had done, and I was like, you weirdo, what are you doing? eating chicken strips out of your jacket pocket. Like, that's strange. And um, I got a few weird looks. Didn't register. Like, I didn't get it. Why they were looking at me weird. Um, And, like, I do weird stuff like that sometimes. Like, I've talked to you about this. I stare at people. I'll just be (laughs) in social situations. And just, like... And it's not even that I'm zoned out. I'm zoned in on them. So, like, okay, but staring in terms of if you're in a circle of people who you're, like, you're in a conversation, are you staring at one person in the conversation who's I'm... not talking? Or, like, are you staring at a person across the You don't want to know. It's weird. Like... It's weird. Okay. <laughs> no, I, do. I really do want to know. Because, um, you know, I'm, I'm aware of it now. I got a weird comment once from a stranger <laughs> that now I'm like, whoa. Don't stare every time I'm out in public. <laughs> Sometimes I have to make an effort to be like, okay, keep your eyes to yourself. Okay, what was Focus the, what on who's was the talking. comment from the stranger? It was when I was at Mount Royal. I was walking and I was staring at a girl sitting, waiting for the bus. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she was like, what are you staring at? Or something like that. And yep. I was just like, huh. And I, <laughs> and I like... Looked where I was walking and, you know, I thank that girl every day. She really let me know that you should you stop staring life. at people. Yeah. Mm. Um. <laughs> but <laughs> See, we... I, I, I have such an opposite problem where, like, I love staring at people. Right. But I'm so scared they will see. Like, so hyper-focused that they will not look at me at the same time I'm looking yeah. at them. So I kind of kind of you know, shift my eyes a lot, but, right. like, oh, I love Good staring for you. at people. You should, um, yeah. I think everyone kind of likes staring oh, at I people. Oh, I love staring at people. I just don't have the self-awareness sometimes really? in the moment to be like, stop it. That's This is weird. a long time. Yeah. So it's, like, this mix of, like, in some ways I feel very self-aware of mm. what I say to people, how I treat them, um like social etiquette. Mm-hmm. I feel like very aware of what's happening in a room with other people, but myself, I'm the problem sometimes. Um, and yeah, those like weird things about me, I think I'm always worried people will figure it out. But like, wow, she's really weird. <laughs> and does not want to be my friend. <laughs> I don't struggle with it as much anymore. 
I, I used to be worried. And now my friends know that I stare. So I'm not worried anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just have to admit that you were Napoleon one day and then they'll yeah. be well, fine with who you are. I laugh because I, I feel, I totally feel in the same boat where I've been like, I've done something so weird. Yeah. And I wish, I truly wish I could remember all of the things because some things I've felt so embarrassed about and I've thought about for like years. You oh, know? me too. It is just yeah. the worst. But like, I guess my story, because I'm enjoying this digression a yeah. little bit, <laughs> is, um, Bible college. I was on the drama team and like we had a list of rules the size of like an ancient scroll like of what you were supposed to do and not do when you're you know going out and and essentially it was a big list of don't be weird and all these things of like. Okay wait where was this? Well this was at my Bible college. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I say because that's how I interpret it as like a big list of don't do these things because that's weird that's impolite. It wasn't exactly it was just like you know etiquette yeah you know and uh some things i disagreed with i thought the rules were a little bit silly but some things were were fair and um one of the things actually i think this rule i honestly wonder if this rule came to be because of me and and i don't really know i would have to go back and see if it was one of the things we were talked to before this happened but okay so i was in a foyer of like we were staying in some motel uh, before we were going to travel out somewhere. I think we were in New York. And I had to clip my nails so mm. bad. Now, I don't know. And Did you, you can clean them? Clip them. Sorry, oh. clip them. And you can tell me if I have just never known that clipping your nails is a gross thing to do. I never knew this at mm. all. But I like went, I had nowhere to do this. <laughs> and even I think the washrooms, if I'm remembering the correct, uh, saying motel, this is a hostel actually. Uh, the hostel, I always used the washroom, which was a shared washroom for yeah. anybody staying. And I always brushed my teeth and used it at the exact same time as this uh, Brazilian man. And it was very awkward because it was a small Just bathroom. Happened to, Just always? happened to. Yes. Okay. It happened multiple times. And so anyways, I did not... I refrained from using the washroom because of that, because you just never know who you're randomly going to run into there. Mm-hmm. And so I had little nail clippers, and while everyone was at kind of the front uh, entrance area of the foyer, I kind of went all the way to the other end where, like, the TV and sitting area was, and I was clipping my nails by a trash can, and I was trying to do it very carefully, very quietly. Mm-hmm. And the leader of our group came to me and was like, Danae, Danae, can you, can you do that somewhere else? And... <laughs> Like and you're doing like, something heinous. Yeah, like doing drugs in the corner or yeah. something. But like, I, um, yeah, so I was like, oh, sorry. And I honestly thought I was being really quiet. Because I'm not going to just like bluntly clip my nails in a group, right? Like, I, I know enough. Yeah. I, I'm socially aware enough. <laughs> to not <laughs> obnoxiously like, clip my nails. <laughs> but like, I was just hunched over the trash can, like in the corner and like trying yeah. to do it really quietly. And so obviously I was noticed. And I was like, oh, can you, can you do it somewhere else? And like, he approached me very kindly and stuff. And uh, I was like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. And, um, anyways, <laughs> so the next year we were going on another drama tour and we always do this big debrief session for all. Cause like at the end of the school year, there's a bunch of different missions teams going out and di- different places. Yeah. And so we're all gathered in the dining room hall to have the big debrief of like reminders. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do that. And one of the things was don't clip your nails publicly. And someone's like, 
oh, someone did that? <laughs> and they were like, yes, someone did. And like, everyone's like, oh my gosh, that's so gross. I'm like, are you serious? Okay, first, I have no idea. What a weird thing. Yeah. To, like, don't clip your nails publicly. Well, okay. Did they make that because of you? Well, that's what I wonder. That's because so- it's kind of like one of those things where you're reading a manual and it, like... <laughs> defines this really weird rule <laughs> that you're like why on earth is this in here except for one idiot must have tried this <laughs> so it was like it must have been that's why i'm convinced it was because of me and uh it's so like yeah don't click your nails and oh gross and i was like it was this moment where <laughs> so like, was i so disgusting <laughs> that everybody's been thinking about that and made this rule just because of me i have no idea or if it existed before and i broke it i honestly have no idea but this was my <laughs> I'm really super funny. weird moment. <laughs> so, like, you're not alone, which is why I'm laughing, because I had no idea. No idea that that was a super disgusting thing. You know, apparently. thank you for the story, because now welcome. I won't do that. Like, yeah. I might have done that, too. Right? And apparently not it's known. gross. Had no idea. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Eric's kind of weird, too. And it's a good thing when your spouse can tell you when you're being weird. He can't tell me. He doesn't right. know when I'm being weird. So we'll be he's out in weirder public. than you? Yeah. Right. So we'll be out in public and I'll be like, that was really weird that I said that, right? And he's like, no. <laughs> always. Always. No, that wasn't weird. And yeah. like, I don't know if he's trying to save me from something. Yeah. Like embarrassment maybe. Or if he really thinks it wasn't weird. I really don't think. Yeah. He thinks anything is weird. Okay. Also, Eric is like one of those guys I'm talking about where like nothing phases him. It's like the thing. Oh, that... I've seen him get embarrassed. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, I would actually really know what proud to witness yeah, no times that he's been embarrassed. Yeah, because it is rare, and I definitely like talk about it with him. I'm like, you oh, were embarrassed, funny. right? Yeah. <gasps> were you so embarrassed? I loved it because <laughs> it's so rare that like. Yeah, yeah. I see. I just like admire is the the right word to use when people can just like live so obliviously. Mm-hmm. And I know it's good to have some awareness, but sometimes I'm like, I think it's just better to live without. Yeah. It's so much less ruminating in your mind late at night, concluding that you're the grossest, weirdest person on earth. And sometimes you don't even, like, register how weird you were until years later. That's happened with me, too. I'm like, oh my gosh, you said Mm -hmm. this thing to this person, because I have a really good long-term memory, Mm -hmm. and I'll be up in the middle of the night, and I'll be like, you said would you say that that was mm-hmm. so weird anyway this topic has gotten way off yeah but i really <clears throat> enjoyed it yeah we should more put the title like embarrassing stories of how weird we are wouldn't it be funny if anybody that's listening was like that's not weird you guys think you're really weird and you're not that weird yeah yeah it's it's just i don't know it's interesting we beat ourselves up so hard but like no one's getting through life without doing something stupid. Mm-hmm. And, like, the best way to get through that is to laugh at it. But it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> it can be so hard. I don't know. Like, my ultimate takeaway is we are all just as human as each other. Mm-hmm. We all do weird things. There's no way that someone has not done a super weird thing <laughs> or embarrassed themselves. But, like, also, what does it matter? And then, you know, and, and if we're going to live in terms of other people's opinions, we're going to live a terrible, terrible life. 
like yeah. a, a really destructive life in our mind and it's just it's brutal and so like again to just center on christ and who you are like because that's unchanging like that's the only unchanging thing yeah that's not affected and, and it's hard it's hard because that's not what we see when we want to evaluate who we are by what we see and how we're received and yeah you know how many people agree with us and validate our opinions and think like how, how much we're sought after right but like i don't know what does it matter in the end well and like i like the phrase sometimes it's not a misunderstanding because that's one of the quotes right yeah you should read that quote well i yeah i love it because it just encompasses like kind of the conclusion i come to when I think about being misunderstood, that, like, I need to accept how people view me. Uh, obviously, everybody does. But just to talk about my experience, um, even if it's, like, a negative thing that they view about me, if it's not true, why do you care? Mm-hmm. If it is true, then, like, do something about it. You know, like, maybe that's something that you can learn from. And I'm not talking about being weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> nothing Learn you can do from about it. that stop being weird <laughs> yeah. what I mean. but, <laughs> but like you know if they get the wrong idea of you or something that you feel is wrong sometimes it's an opportunity to like look into yourself and be like nah maybe i am that way and maybe i wish to change this and or if it isn't something about you and they're just totally off then it, it really doesn't matter like in time they will discover who you are and you'll either become really good friends from it, really good, I don't know, acquaintances from it. Maybe it's not a misunderstanding. Just, yeah, it really does encompass that, like, it's okay, whatever somebody has perceived about you. It's okay for it to be that way. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, mm. what are your summarizing thoughts on this? What you've <clears throat> learned, what you take away, and if you could, like, say something to someone who is listening out in podcast land. I don't know. I think that more what I would have to say is I haven't figured it out yet. Mm. And I still have some things that I really wish people understood about me and I don't know how to change it or I don't know if I should, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, I haven't figured it out. The only thing that I figured out is like, I'm likable. I'm like happy with who I am. And if someone perceive something wrong or doesn't like a certain thing about me it's just a preference and they're allowed to have them you know Mm -hmm. um and I just have to find people that their preference is me and uh and also I'm ever-changing too you know like Mm -hmm. I'm not the same person I was even last year yeah and yeah I, I don't know I'm just I'm okay with being in my own on my own journey of figuring out who I am and yeah, I just I just want to find people that are also there for that and are okay with me. I don't know, maybe not saying the right thing all the time mm-hmm. um, and with something coming out of my mouth that I don't fully believe and would have to think more about later. You know, yeah. what about you? Yeah, I, I know for me, misunderstanding has come very much from desperately wanting um, validation. And my opinions, for some reason, are a big deal to me to be validated. Mm. I know that I struggle with that, and I really want people to agree, because that to me says, oh, I'm smart, or I have good opinions, I have opinions of other people, yay! Um, But that's not always good. But, like, it's ever-changing, like you said. It's a horrible, horrible trap to be caught in, 
and I just realized more and more like we we use this word like who am I you know who are we and we want people to accept us for who we are but I'd actually think that it might be a good topic to explore that question who are we right mm. like that's a big thing because I think this is what it comes down to. This is why people get so worried about being misunderstood is because when we base who we are um, in terms of like our value on our personality, how being people perceive praised, us, yeah. being agreed with, our opinions, um, if we're basing who we are on our output emotionally, verbally, all of this, and I know this sounds maybe weird to people who are like, well, what else constitutes who we are? But uh, I guess from a biblical perspective, there's a whole lot, mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole lot more than just our mistakes and our, even our wins, mm-hmm. you know, that constitute who we are. And it's something, again, God-rooted, who we are is an unchanging identity that he has given us. So this is this is it, is my problem has been that I'm tuned in to the wrong wavelength of identity that I'm trying to have validated. Hmm. I'm, I'm constantly struggling with tuning in to what I think is going to be constituting who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that package does come with all my mess-ups. It comes with all my embarrassing, weird moments. It becomes all the times I've been rejected. And, and so I try to evaluate all of that and try to basically tip the scales in favor of hopefully more better moments than weird moments right right? it's a horrible way to live and it's going to just like completely seal me in in insecurity and so i think the big thing is what i'm wrestling with and have not mastered is the truth that being misunderstood is okay jesus himself was misunderstood Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if he himself was misunderstood and hated then what chance do I stand mm-hmm. of, you know, not being misunderstood? There's mm-hmm. none at all. And so I need to then ground myself in tuning into that wavelength that is unchanging, which mm. is an identity told to me by an anchor of biblical standards, mm. that I am a child of God. And so that's where I come from from this. And I guess reflecting on the whole concept of misunderstanding has best shown me how big of a stronghold in my life it has had and still does so that would be my takeaway and my kind of like summary of what I'm trying to move forward with and also recognize in my life as being something that's affecting my courage to speak what I believe Hmm. is what I would say 